And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 219 of the Only Thor podcast, hosted by a true descendant of Odin. That's me. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And yeah, here we are in the post-Thanksgiving. It's all of a sudden Christmas everywhere. So yeah, I get used to that here. As you all know, I'm really not much for celebrating holidays. But anyway, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving holiday. I actually got out and about and did some walking over Thanksgiving. Actually, Thanksgiving Day walked eight miles. And then a couple of days later on the Saturday, I, I walked another seven in, in the company of a large group of people doing some geocaching. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. So yeah, it was a productive weekend anyway, and of course, got out in the fresh air a little bit. And it's it's actually not too bad. I mean, it, it's in the 40s, but that's okay. That's pleasant weather for me anyway. Yeah, that's why I always say I belong somewhere cold, like Iceland or the Scottish Highlands or somewhere like that. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show. Not a lot of new news coming out from Marvel as far as Thor, Thor 3. Uh, yeah, just some clickbait, seeing a little bit of that, and, uh, talking about the uh, Thor-Hulk fight, and I don't know. I, you know it, it's so hard to know this early in advance, so what to believe. So I'm just ignoring all of it. That's just kind of how I roll. Anyhow, we do have an th- issue of Thor to cover, so let's uh, go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard And indeed, this week we are looking at the Mighty Thor number 187. And uh, incidentally, this issue has been reprinted in a couple of places, The Essential Thor Volume 4 and also in Marvel Masterworks Thor Volume 10. Anyhow, the cover art is by John Buscema, inked by Joe Sinnott, shows Thor and Odin in pitched battle. Thor is standing with his hammer drawn back as though to strike Odin, and Odin is shooting some kind of hand beam at him. We get a little bit of Kirby crackle there. And they're kind of floating in the sky above a burning city where there are lots of scared-looking people. And I should mention this is the April 1971 issue of Thor, retailed for 15 cents. Uh, The cover blurb says, Odin goes mad. Father versus son. The world is lost. Truly Marvel's greatest epic. Well, don't know about that, but we'll find out as we get into the issue. We open up to the splash page where we have the credits. Stan Lee was the writer. John B. Summit was the artist. Joe Sinnott was the embellisher. And Sam Rosen was the letterer. The Mighty Thor, and they have, Mine own father Odin hath turned against me, and so the world is lost, he shouts, yeah, because he's speaking in titles here. And Thor is laying on the ground in this misty landscape, and 
he uh, is looking very frightened uh, at uh, Odin, who is, I guess, encroaching on him. He been he hath been possessed by the spirits of infinity. He knows not what he does. He comes closer, closer to strike, to slay his true-born son. And we see Odin encroaching through the purple mist, and he says, Odin serves infinity, and thou art enemy to my master. Thus the thunder god must die. Father, nay, says Thor, tis thou who art master. Doomed one, still thy tongue. All who live must serve infinity. And we get a shot here of Odin's eyes glowing all yellow and, and evil. And he's got the Claus Johnson disease with the inking really heavy around his eyes. My words reach only his ears. His mind is closed to me. Who hath done this vile deed? Oh, he, we already know the answer to that. <laughs> How hath the Lord of all been thus possessed? Surely twas not the silent one who appeared out of nowhere and uttered not a sound. And now we're starting to get a, a, a review of the last few issues. And we see Thor, and uh, he's facing off against the silent one, and he's going, speak or face the wrath of Thor. And they show him trying to attack him, but it's not doing much good. And then he's, we see Odin taking off and the silent one going after him. And we get a little bit of an explanation here. "'Twas he who followed lordly Odin to the deadly world beyond, infinity, unseen, unknown, who sees his worlds as if they were but toys. And then back in Asgard, we see that the Odin sword is unsheathing itself. And, and it was, this is all being narrated by the people in the panels. The Odin sword doth from its scabbard slip. If it be unsheathed, tis the world shall end, says Thor. And then we have uh, Odin popping up and he's saying, The world beyond comes closer. Infinity, infinity, infinity. And then we have Thor going off to the world beyond, and he's facing off against the Guardian. And the Guardian's like, Death to him who dares to trespass. None may find infinity, so speaks the Guardian. Then thou shalt fall as well, so speaks Thor. And we see Odin, he's fighting infinity, and he's like, Be thou man, nor god, nor devil. I shall drive thee back, and after me shall come my son. And then we have Thor going into hell and standing in front of Hela, who's blasting him with his, her aging, shrinking rays. And she's like, Thou canst not change the master plan, so Thor must die. And we see Thor aging, and he's got, looks like the Claus Johnson disease as well. And he's getting all old and skinny, and his clothes are getting loose. And he's saying, I grow withered and old with every heartbeat. But I must not die. Not now. Not now. And then they show the silent one saving him. And he's like, my limbs grow strong. I live again. The silent one hath saved me. And then as he is uh, recovering, he sees Odin uh, being defeated basically by infinity. And he recognizes infinity's face. Infinity, it cannot be thee. It cannot be thee. I say thee no, not thee. And so then we kind of are back at where we started. Odin's been taken over by Infinity. And we go back to the present day where Thor is facing off against Odin in this sort of misty land with the really gnarly trees and, and shit. Hear me, sire, for I be flesh of thy flesh, blood of thy blood. I have no kith. I have no kin. I live to serve the world beyond, says Odin. And Thor's thinking to himself, he girds to strike. 
so I must fly. And he just manages to jump out of the way in time. There's a, this big energy beam from Odin that goes rock and destroys a bunch of rocks. And Thor is uh, just manages to get away. He is beyond speech, says Thor, beyond reason. Oh, he hath the look of Odin. His body is empty. His soul doth slumber. But still Thor cannot strike the Allfather. Yet fight I must, lest all who live be doomed. And Thor decides to hide behind this big green rock. But the enemy is not Odin, he says. Tis infinity who hath sapped his will. You know, hiding behind the rock might work better if you're not yelling all this stuff out loud. <laughs> Yet, if Odin could not crush the foe, then how shall Thor prevail? None is Odin's master. Yet Odin hath succumbed. Him who is unbeatable hath tasted true defeat. It cannot be. And yet it is, and Thor must fathom how. And he's kind of leaning up against the rock and, and saying all this out loud. And a hand comes reaching out and grabs his shoulder. And of course, it's Odin. And his face is all in these weird shadows and stuff. What didst thou think to hide from me, rash youth? Now feel my wrath. I pray thee, father, stay thy hand, for I have come to aid thee. Lying knave, I'll hear no more. Thou shalt not sway me with untruths. And he kind of is blasting Thor with this electrical charge through his body. And, and Thor is in a lot of pain. He drops his hammer. And he saying, says out loud, that I must flee whilst there be time. Not even flight shall save thee, says Odin. And he's more magic pouring out of his hands and, and cascading around Thor. Again he strikes, says Thor. And yet again, but I cannot turn against him. "'Tis not the father I have known who strikes in senseless rage. "'Thus Thor must run and Thor must hide until the madness passes. "'Beneath my feet I'll blast a pit, and therein seek me shelter.'" Why is he saying this stuff out loud? Odin's going to hear him. <laughs> he, uh, he blasts a, a hole in the ground using Mjolnir, and it, it's a big hole. And he jumps down into this big hole. "'For I must pause and think and plan with a universe at stake. "'In a way, tis fortunate my father is entranced.'" It hath dulled his brain and slowed his limbs, else Thor would be undone. But even now the stone doth crumble, even now my respite ends. So, yeah, he's literally in this hole for about five seconds. And it's, you can see it's a pretty deep hole. It looks like it goes, you know, hundreds of feet up. And all of a sudden all these rocks are tumbling down on him. <laughs> Maybe if he'd shut up, maybe Odin would have more trouble finding him. <laughs> and Odin comes down the hole. God of thunder, hear my words. Swear obedience to infinity, or die. I say thee nay, says Thor. Infinity shall be destroyed, and thou shalt be Odin as thou wert. Then pay the price for thy defiance. And uh, he starts shooting his fire at, at Thor. The Odin flame now drives me back. But I be God of thunder still. Now shall the storm come to mine aid. And he whirls his hammer around with a whirr. And there's a bunch of red Kirby crackle and lightning and a bunch of rain. It's, it's like there's really torrential downpour here and it, it's hard to see them through the rain. Thou hast sent a flood to quench my flame, but will avail thee not. Twas I who made thee what thou art. Twas I who gave thee godly power. For I am the will, the word, and the way. And I say thee now, thou must fall. And that, that, of course, disturbs Thor, and he says, I'll hear no more, lest I fall prey to madness. I cannot fight my father, so Thor must turn and flee. But where to go, and what to do? And how shall I save Odin? 
And just as he says that, there's this huge explosion and explosive force bursting up from the ground and all these green rocks kind of flying around. And the caption says, suddenly a monstrous upheaval, rocks land, sea and sky, separating father from son. And Thor's like, what new calamity doth now befall? And it turns out that um, it's infinity. He's grabbed the planet that they're on and he's you know, just kind of spinning it around and there's all these fire and stuff. For deep within the world beyond, the living presence called infinity moves faster and faster, seeking and seizing planets at will. And now we should take a, a quick scene here, uh, shifting to Earth here. And it looks like uh, New York City or some, some city in America. And then there's a bunch of fires and... and there's a bunch of cars trapped in a traffic jam and there's looks like the flooded tunnel and, and, and you know, his car is kind of trying to drive down through that and yeah, cars are all piled up and the people in the cars are like, the cities are in flames. It's like the world has gone mad. It's doomsday. I can just feel it. It happened so suddenly without any warning. It's the same all over. Entire cities breaking up. And we see you know, the kind of carnage going, not carnage, but uh, mayhem going on in the streets and the streets are flooded with water. We have a hippie with a, <laughs> with a very small uh, sign saying, repent your sins, the end is here. We have the Joker trying to run away. Sorry, it looks like the Joker. Sorry. Um, it's not, though. Uh, you get a bus and you get a cop on a horse and people are like, got to get a car, got to get a ride out of town. Can't stay behind. Can't stay here to die. Where are we running to? What's the good of it? Things are no better anywhere else. The pipes have burst. The streets are flooded. Help. Help us do something. There's nothing we can do, says the cop. The whole world's falling apart. Get home with your families while you still can. And we see planes are flying around, but... They're just all like running into each other. <laughs> so so whatever this is, has made people really, really stupid. It's no use. It's the same all over, says one of the pilots. And we have a family in their uh, apartment or house watching TV. You get a father and a mother, daughter, and an infant of, of undetermined gender. And the TV is saying, reports are pouring in from every continent, every nation. There can no longer be any doubt. The signs are clear. It's the end of the planet Earth. So I wonder what was going on in the Avengers this month. <laughs> Did this actually go through to any of the other books? And we shift to the observatory. Remember the observatory from the last couple of issues? And we've got the scientists here. Do you still detect those strange cosmic disturbances? Yes, out there at the farthest reaches of the universe. But how is it possible? How can something that happens millions of light years away affect us now, here on Earth? I wish I knew. It cannot be. It violates every natural law of science. And yet it's true. It's true. I know that somehow, some way, by some fantastic miracle, that phenomenon in deep space will cause the destruction of Earth. And we shift to the war room of the Soviet Union, where we get these sort of generic communists. It is dirty, capitalistic, imperialistic trick. The Western warmongers will stop at nothing. The time has come to mobilize. They must not catch us napping. And then we have a, a scene in the White House. And remember, you have to remember at this point, the uh, president was Richard Nixon. And one of the military generals is there in the, in the Oval Office. Mr. President, until we're certain that the Reds are not responsible, I say we send the Sixth Fleet to... Gentlemen, gentlemen, first let me make one thing perfectly clear. 
we mustn't fly off the handle with elections coming up. And we shift back to Asgard where we have Balder and Sif and uh, they're, I guess the, it's affected Asgard too because we see some like walls have fallen down and the streets look fairly deserted, but uh, yeah, they're riding, riding through the streets here. Still no word from mighty Thor, says Balder. But till my comrade doth return, Balder stands ever ready to guard the realm. And then Sif is there and she's changed her clothes to a kind of a hippie chick looking uh, costume. My lady Sif, I come in answer to thy summons. Brave Balder, I pray that thou art not too late. The Odin sword moves ever further, and has almost left its scabbard, and we are powerless to halt it. But nay, it must never be unsheathed, lest the world shall end. And we get a full-page spread here of the, the Odin sword in, in its uh, little chamber, and they've created this giant vice. And when I say a vice, it's exactly like a woodworking vice. <laughs> and they're, they're trying to use it to squeeze the Odin sword back into its scabbard, but they're not having much luck. Uh, got this uh, looks like a generic uh, Asgardian here on the top. He's like, harder, harder with all thy might. Warriors pull, then pull again. And they've got this weird Kirby contraption hooked up to this vice where they're pulling ropes to try to tighten this vice, which seems like a really inefficient design to me, but you know, I'm no, I'm no engineer, but it, it just does. Tis hopeless, for it doth not budge, says one of the guys. Um, you know, really, all you need to do is put a clamp on it so it can't move out any further. But a giant vice does sheath yon blade, says Balder, and still it doth not yield. And the vizier is like, If we now fail, then all is lost. None but the lordly Odin can sheath the mystic blade. But what if he doth not return, says Balder? Then all who live shall die. And the Sif and Balder decide to take off, and I don't know what they're doing, but they get ready to leave, they're getting on their horses. Where goest thou now, most loyal Balder, says Sif? I seek Carnilla, witch queen of the Norns. Then Sif shall ride with thee. <laughs> She's a cockblocker. <laughs> and then they go riding off together. I guess Balder doesn't want to say, no, I want to do this one on my own. Yep. Asgard hath need of every blade. Yet Fandral and Hogan and Volstagg too are lost to us this day. For they beneath a mystic spell which keepeth them entranced. Then thou shalt ask the witch-queen to give thee aid? Aye, though she be our enemy sworn, she did once profess to love me. But canst thou trust a witch's heart? And they are uh, going through this weird forest, and there's these like giant hippie mushrooms, and there's like these troll-like creatures kind of hanging out on top of these giant mushrooms, wearing uh, Kirby armor. And they're, they get off their horses for some reason, and they're kind of going through these trees. And the trolls jump down off the mushrooms and they try to, to uh, capture them. Hold, Asgardians, you are captives of the trolls. And I claim the she as my rightful prize. And he gets, uh, one of the trolls takes, a, like, looks like saran wrap and, and grabs Sif with it. I'm not sure how he's grabbed her with it because it's not wrapped around her in any way. It's just kind of, maybe it's just sticky, I, I like fly paper. And has grabbed her, her back and is pulling her towards him. Not whilst Baldur lives. And Baldur lunges forward and punches the uh, the guy right in the gut with a rock. Behind me, lady. My blade shall speak for two. And the, the uh, another one of the trolls is coming after Baldur. Dust to the Asgardian. And there's more of these guys appearing from the mushrooms. Attack! Attack! But do not harm the she. For Asgard, says Baldur. 
pull you back before the blade of Baldur. And then there's this evil screeching, flying critter thing coming down, going scree, and it, it's attacking the, uh, or scaring away the, the trolls. A winged dragon drives them back. He too shall taste my blade, says Baldur. But see, he hovers overhead, and now he makes as if to land. He slowly circles round. If he thinks that will be easy prey, my blade will tell him true. He taketh not his eyes from thee, says uh, Sif. And it turns out that uh, this dragon is not what it seems. Behold, I am more than you see, and less than I am. For life itself is just illusion, and what is real, and what is dream. And there's a magic explosion, and it turns out to be Carnilla. Carnilla, the dragon was thee. Why have you come here, says Carnilla? You know you are my mortal foe. But even foes can join in mutual cause, says Baldur. There is a spell that only thou canst break. Speak on, as guardian. And so I guess Baldur gives her the explanation, and uh, she's thinking about it, you can tell. And I have to say, Carnella has the biggest hair. <laughs> she's got a very large uh, like beehive bouffant here. And so if thou canst free my comrades from the bondage of their minds, wilt thou be grateful, Baldur? says Carnella. All Asgard shall be in thy debt. Speak not of Asgard, warrior. Tis only thee I love. And one day thou shalt love me too. Return from whence thou came, I say. Carnilla soon shall follow. And so Carnilla sends Sif and Balder on their merry way. And they are being followed by uh, Carnilla in the form of a dragon. And uh, Sif is like, I hear her hoofbeats not, brave Balder. Nay, she flies again in dragon form. She keeps her word, my lady. And then we shift to the palace where... Carnilla is uh, standing there in front of the Warriors 3, and she's got this weird flame globe thing in her hand. Let all stand silent while the Norn Queen speaks. What magic hath wrought, let my spell unravel. Let the gleaming jewel of fire burn the shadows from thy minds. Carnilla commands, let my word be deed. Light shine bright, set all to right. And there's a bunch of, uh, like, pulsating flame rays coming out of this giant globe thing she has in her hand. And it uh, doesn't work. And uh, Carnella says, I have failed. A power far greater than mine now holds them in sway. And Loki shows up, and he's wondering what's going on. Carnilla, why art thou here? To give us aid, Prince Loki, says Sif. The realm hath need of all who live in this deadly time of peril. Spare me thy platitudes, lady. The weak shall fall, the strong survive, and Loki is strong. Nay, Loki is mad. If all of Asgard shall be scourged, then Loki too must fall. And we see a kind of glimpse of outside, and the buildings are still falling down and stuff. Behold the mystic Odin sword, says Sif. It tells us that doom is near. So apparently they, they took the vice off of it. <laughs> anyway. Does Loki think that he will live? When there is life no more. And Loki's thinking to himself, She speaks the truth. I must help to save the realm, for it doth mean my life as well. Speak no more. In my compassion I will aid thee. Bring the Norn Queen to my side. Our powers both must merge. And there's somebody, looks like an executioner's mask, who's 
doing something with big Kirby tech machine here. And Carnella shows up. And Carnella looking very Kirby-like in this picture. And they're in front of this uh, machine that this executioner guy is, is pulled out. And there's a sort of... I don't know, light beam or something is bathing both Loki and Carnilla. Carnilla, think thy mystic thoughts. Carnilla, breathe thy spells. Our magic joins. Thy power grows until at last. The spell is struck. The spell is broke. And we see the Warriors 3 being engulfed in red and orange Kirby crackle. And it, it appears that it works this time. And uh, Baldur's like, Fandral! Thou and Volstagg and the Grim Hogan are truly thyselves once more. But what of Thor and Regal Odin? I bid thee speak as guardian. And Fandral's like, We remember not, alas. And the memory doth deepen, says Baldur. Uh, and, and Fandral has such a sad face here. He's like, Mayhap in the world beyond, death hath claimed our liege and his son the Thunder God. And of course, he's, Sif is all upset at this. Nay, oh nay, I'll think it not. I think it not. Believe it not. And yet, my lady, says Balder, if twere true, they must not have died in vain. Infinity shall pay as none have paid before. We must lure our foe to hallowed Asgard. Then, when the Odin sword is at last unsheathed, when the universe is ended, infinity shall share our fate. Yea, when gods must die, who would fain survive? And uh, we see the, the warriors three are kind of looking out a window, and Volstagg says, Behold, a meteor streaks through the sky. It doth come this way. To horse, to horse, we must be gone. Blubbering Volstagg, stand thy ground, says Hogan. Canst thou, who art slower than a toad, outrace a blazing comet? And you see this, uh, like, meteorite or comet or something kind of streaking towards the throne room. But what if it be infinity, says Volstagg? Then draw thy sword, and go ye forth, and strike for hallowed Asgard. And it turns out not to be a uh, you know danger. It turns out to be Thor, and he comes zooming in through the window. But hold, a miracle hath come to pass. That which we thought a meteor, it is the mighty Thor. Stand fast, says Thor. The realm hath need of thee. And Sif comes up, gives Thor a big hug. My lord, thy lady's heart embraces thee. Not yet, beloved, lest thy beauty melt my rage. How now, my prince? says Balder. What sayest thou of Odin? Infinity hath stolen his will, his mind is clouded o'er. But how to fight infinity? He is ghost, he is wraith, and more than wraith. I have seen him not, I know him not, but to find him is to fall. Yet every riddle hath a key, and so I come to Asgard. Twas here it all began, tis here the end shall come. Tis here the answer must be found, and by the gods twill be. And he opens up the door to go into, looks like to go into Odin's throne room. Now stand ye back. And guard yon door, the god of thunder doth command. All who see infinity are helplessly entranced. But where a god may fail, a mortal may succeed. And so uh, Thor bangs his hammer on the ground and he changes back to Dr. Donald Blake. It's worth trying. The human Don Blake may be beneath the notice of infinity until it's too late. Thor knew this calls for the clear, calm, analytical brain of a surgeon. As Dr. Blake, I dare not fail. Quick, give me all the facts. Tell me everything you know. And the vizier says, I'll do better than that, mortal. I'll show thee the past through the magic of the Odin screen. And he points a magic wand at a uh, giant cosmic voyeuroscope. A big, like, it looks like the portal to forever from <laughs> Star Trek. And we see uh, what's gone on before. And we got to actually flashback to, to previous issues here. 
What is this that I'm looking at? Asks Blake. And they're looking through the voyeuroscope and they see that Odin was trapped in this capsule on this asteroid. And remember this, this is back in issue number 177. So this is a while ago. And Blake is like, what is this that I'm looking at? There was a time when Lordly Odin, deep within his Odin sleep, fell victim to Loki. Not even Hela could conquer him, for he escaped the dimension of death. More, more, it's important. I must see it all. And outside the throne room, we got some drama going on here. Loki is confronting Balder and Sif, and he's not reacting well to what's going on. What? Thou hast left the Thunder God unattended within the chamber, Imperial? Who knows what treason he and the vizier now do plan? Thou art the traitor, said Sif. He is Thor. I'll wait no longer, says Loki. The chamber must be mine. I too am prince. And uh, Loki kind of stretches a little bit like Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> it's it's a, a little bit of odd foreshortening here. Very, very Salbusema-ish looking uh, thing. I'll talk about that at the end. And he's uh, reaching towards the, the door. The Thunder God must die. Then tis Loki who will lead thee. And it looks like uh, Hogan and Fandral going to grab Loki, trying to keep him from going in. And Sif has her sword out and is holding him at sword point. Never, Prince of Evil, not while Sif doth live. Behold, says Balder, the chamber door draws open. Tis Thor, but something hath befallen. His eyes, his face, they tell of shock. And we, we get Thor in full drama queen mode here. And it is Thor. He's changed back into his godly form. And he's like... Woe, oh, woe to Asgard. What didst thou see within the screen, says Loki? What hast thou learned to fill thee so with fear? My lord, ne'er hast thy lady Sif seen thee tremble so. I have seen infinity, shouts Thor. I have solved the secret of the world beyond. I know at last the reason why infinity must triumph. And everyone's looking real shocked. And then we have the next issue blurb. Next, prepare thyself for the answer and the end. And that is the Mighty Thor number 187. And of course, we'll be talking about this issue a little bit right after this message. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we are back. And of course, we do have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. First of all, the art's really good. It's a little simple. I mean, they remember we had you know, some other inkers recently got to made things a little bit more 
I don't know, a little more gothic and a little more gloomy and add a little more detail. In contrast here, we have the return of Joe Sinnott and everything is smooth. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about, about Sinnott Sinks is that he does look very smooth. I don't know if it works quite as well for this story because this story is a story that's gloomy and, and atmospheric, but it is really good. The artwork looks good. Now, as I alluded to a, a couple of pages ago, this artwork looks very much like Sal Buscema did in Art Assist. There is a lot of Sal in this artwork. My guess is that John Buscema did the, the basic layouts and then Sal came in and assisted him a little bit with some of these pages. For example, page 19 is so Sal Buscema. It's hard to, to say that anybody else penciled it. It, it. it really does not look like John Buscema's work at all. Uh, we do have a distinctive look of John B. Sum on most of the pages, but you can see Sal's influence here and there. Page 13, which is where uh, Sif and Balder fighting the, uh, the trolls and the, and the dragon comes down. I can't see any other pages in here that look more like Sal B. Summon than that. So there's obviously some stuff going on here. The stuff going on in the cities on Earth is kind of weird, and I, they, they don't really explain it at all. So there's all these disasters and stuff happening, but they don't really give any kind of mechanism by which this can happen. I mean, it's not like there's magical rays striking the earth or anything like that. It's just that the world beyond is out there. So in that regard, the story doesn't work very well because we have a threat to earth, but it's not defined. All we have is that infinity is out there and that he's far away and that somehow what he's doing is affecting Earth. But it's only in this issue of Thor, or only in these few issues of Thor. You know, I don't see that there was any kind of influence in any other books. I mean, Spider-Man didn't have anything going on. Fantastic Four didn't have anything going on. The Avengers didn't have anything going on. So it seems odd that we have all these major disasters, so much so that everyone is afraid that the Earth is going to be destroyed, and you don't hear about it in any other Marvel book. And this is a weakness of early 70s Marvel comics. But in particular, when you get the editor, Stan, who really doesn't seem to care as much anymore. So we have high stakes in the story, which is good for this, as far as the drama goes. But it doesn't have stakes anywhere else outside of the Thor book. So that bothers me a little bit. I mean, not that I would want to make this into a company-wide crossover, but at least you'd want it referenced to. Remember back in the Simonson era when we had the, the casket of ancient winters shatter and it became winter all over New York. You remember that? And that actually did play into all the other Marvel books. So that's the kind of, of involvement. It doesn't have to be a lot of involvement. But let's acknowledge what's going on. Let's have these disasters or whatever going on and have the Avengers or FF or whoever trying to save people going on. Remember, they all live in the same city, so they just can't all magically be out of town this month. Anyway, so that's kind of how I feel about it. All right, so uh, that's about it for this week, folks. Once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there and you will find us. And you can also find us over on Twitter at Radio Free Asgard is our address over there. So please give us a follow. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, where, of course, there's floods and 
of buildings falling down and shit. So uh, anyway, <laughs> and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.